0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Happy skewsday Day to you. It's March 14th, 2023. Another rainy day in Los Angeles. I'm Trey Crowder. That's Mark A. G. What's up, Mark?
1: What's up, Trey? Uh, got a fun show. We're talking about bank runs today. It's, it's 1929 again there. Mm-hmm. Our Gilded Age speed run continues apace. Um, yeah, I
0: I'm feeling a little 2080 or whatever, and I'm definitely wanting to get, get into you with you later, like if uh, – how uh, how realistic or probable that is, but we'll, whatever, we'll talk about that later on.
1: We should stock up on gold, beans, and ammunition.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Nah, I don't think we're there yet. Um. So, <laughs> a couple of things before we get to the show. Uh, some more fun coming out out of the lawsuits against Fox News over the uh, over their voting lies. Uh, one of Tucker Carlson's producers called their audience dumb cousin fucking terrorists.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, tell me <laughs> the lie, you know, like. Uh, <laughs> Finally, an honest Fox News producer.
1: Look, <laughs> don't throw cousin fuckers in there. All right, not not, <laughs> not, not all, not all of our people like,
0: terrorists.
1: right? But it's like it's like man, not. Then she said, not the good kind, like the Saudi royal family
0: or something. Like, yeah, no, f- that that was my favorite. My favorite part about it was that they're talking about like oh. I don't know if we should cover this, but we probably should because our viewers are really into it or whatever. And then in talking about that, the producer's like, I swear it's like negotiating with terrorists. But the bag kind, like the cousin fucking kind, not the Saudi royalty kind, which I thought was an extra layer of of humor to it. It's like, you know, Mm -hmm. like the Saudis, obviously, they're like rich terrorists. Great, obviously. Everybody knows that. But like these poor shoeless terrorists, or gross like but that's who but hey they're who keeps the lights on so i guess we got to keep pandering to them uh it's yeah just, uh it's some refreshing self-awareness like dude the, like you if you're one of these people like i don't know how else to, like how do you sleep at night <laughs> do you know what i mean like because they are very aware of like exactly what they're doing and it's like it's a hell of a grift it makes a whole lot of money but like God damn! It, it, like the true believers are easier for me to understand, I guess, uh, than mm-hmm. than people like this. Because it's like, yeah, yeah I don't know, you can't get no other job or anything. Like, do you not hate yourself? It's mm. wild.
1: Yeah, it's like the the bad the the bad kind of terrorist, unlike the sad, unlike the kind that cuts uh, you know women's heads off for tweeting about feminism. Right, um, but again, though,
0: <laughs> a lot of money, Mark. You know, but- <clears throat> yeah. And they got those pristine robes, real fancy cars, lions. They put the lions in a, the cars. You know, it's they got a lot of fun stuff going on over there. Along with all a, with the headings and misogyny and everything.
1: <laughs> episode The Simpsons where the film critic characters like uh ask the Arnold McBain, the Arnold Schwarzenegger stand at uh, how do you sleep at night? And he goes, on top of a big pile of money with many beautiful women. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's it's kind of, yeah. Uh, so some fun stuff happening in state legislatures today, uh, Oklahoma uh, narrowly defeated the Oklahoma legislature narrowly defeated a bill that would have banned uh, corporal punishment for special needs children. So you can
0: see. <laughs> so, uh, well, all right. So there's some negatives going on there. So they kept it legal to beat Special needs children, as needed, if yes. they act up, you get the paddle out. They're still paddling in Oklahoma and even in special ed. God damn, I don't even think in Salina the special ed teacher had a paddle. Most of the teachers had paddles. I don't know if yours did. They'd have the paddles on the wall. They'd, like, drill holes in the paddle, give it names and shit, wrap duct tape around the fucking handle of it. Good and, like, they didn't use it as much. But, you know, it was just like a, a an ever-present threat. But, you know, I feel like the special ed room was was relatively – Yeah, free of corporal punishment, uh, but not in Oklahoma, I guess.
1: I don't imagine that many teachers will avail themselves of this opportunity. Uh, My mom was a special needs uh, teacher, and uh, I could never see her laying a hand on a kid. Right. Uh, But I would like to the whatever teacher was lobbying against this bill, uh, please don't teach anymore.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, that's Uh, what I was going to say. I wonder that with a lot of these bills, oftentimes it's like what. I don't understand the argument in opposition to it. Is it just, is it like big government shit? It's like, we don't need a, a useless law like this. We got better things to spend our time on. Is that how they try to frame it? Cause like, what is the argument instead? Is it literally just like, well, Hey, you know, they get out of hand. What are you going to do? They're fucking strong. You know, you got to, well, you need something. You got to be able to do something. Like like, uh, what are they, like, uh, what are yeah, they doing? I mean, <laughs> the
1: guy, one of the guys who was arguing against the bill, legislator he quoted a Bible verse, one of those "spare the rod" verses, and then asked the guy uh, okay. who's an expert who was for the bill, the the, the guy who's against beating special yeah. needs, and uh, he, he said, "Well, like, we, what's the argument for being able to beat regular kids, but not special needs kids?" And they mm. go, "Well, they're they're special needs, yeah." And then he goes, Well, I understand in some instances they might understand might not understand that Like he he like made the other guy's case for him, but in question format. And anyway, he's still right. illegal to be. Anyway, um, also today uh, Minnesota is about to pass a law giving kids free breakfast and lunch, and this dipshit Republican said he never met anyone in Minnesota who was hungry. And I don't I I I don't actually disbelieve that a Republican state legislature's never met a poor person. Yeah. 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 Make a distinction. Fair enough. Being hungry. Also Yeah, so yeah. I,
0: no, never mind. They're, I was gonna say, you know, they're they're like they're a fatter state, right? But I'm thinking of their neighbors. Wisconsin, uh some of us apparently number. Dude.
2: I, Listen, far
0: we- be it for me to throw you know the south hey we the fattest around everybody knows it but the mm-hmm. midwest can hang with us okay I, I give them their i give them their due credit when it comes yeah. to fatness but uh but i feel like minnesota is one of the 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 lesser of the fat states in that region but i don't know on the other hand you know what a hot dish is minnesota hot dish tater tot casserole yeah.
1: oh wow. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Chip and wisconsin cheese curds hit man it's like a, fuck the, yeah the, they you
0: know, hit literally first trip i ever took to wisconsin Sat down at a, but we got into town in Madison, sat down at a, at a bar to like eat lunch. And this lady came up and gave us like three bags of cheese curds. And I was like, do you do this to everybody? Was this just like, yeah. you know what I mean? This is the official welcome to Wisconsin. Welcome to Wisconsin. <laughs> Fatten up. uh. But yeah, I love cheese curds. And Wisconsin. Wizard. Drunk too. They're also very drunk. Uh, yeah. Just- joke when i was up there, like people make fun of wisconsin for being all fat and drunk but you go to wisconsin in fucking february and step out of the airport and you're like holy shit i wish i was fat and drunk right now this would be it makes a lot more sense if you actually go there yeah but uh, I, uh, I, I was in uh was. was
1: working this was a skyline comedy club in, in, in appleton. appleton
0: yeah that's and where uh, i was at when i that's yeah. where that happened yeah
1: and I, I remember, I remember cheese curds being like a dollar, and trying to get broccoli at a grocery store was like nine dollars and fifty <laughs> cents. It's winter in Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, also, in one of, another one of our laboratories, of democracy. Going back to our child labor thing, we talked about it for a few episodes lately. Uh, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who's now you know the governor of Arkansas, just signed a bill making it easier to employ children. What it does is a uh, it. All right. So, theory it legalizes kids getting jobs when they're fourteen and fifteen years old. Right. But not younger. But the bill also removes a requirement for people who employ children under 16 to actually check their age. So if no one's checking, how is it illegal? (laughs) And so, yeah, uh, these people fucking hate kids. They want to be able to beat them, starve them, them, and slave them. So, yeah, I
0: guarantee you, they got like little league uh, organizations in Arkansas that like take the verification of children's ages more seriously than the, you know, Arkansas employment infrastructure. Now, which yeah, is funny.
1: <laughs> I never played baseball as a kid because of the, the scandals coming out of, you know, the, uh, those kids from uh, other countries, you know, having full beards and playing the little league world series.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: Uh, Smoking they, everybody. <laughs> Cause I went to a school in a different County than I lived in. So I couldn't play little league sports because like, I'm not even good at sports. But they were so worried about me being some ringer that I couldn't play little league with my friends. So yeah, yeah, they do take it more seriously. Uh, well, yeah.
0: It's it's funny to me to picture you like you as little league age because I just picture like you, but like you know, child size, which is funny. Yeah. Like I picture Mark just looking like Mark then, mm-hmm. and then they're like, "Well, that guy, we can't let that guy in." Dude, that I was bored fucking- fifty. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I literally started going bald when I was 13 years old. So it's was like, man, yeah. Whatever.
0: Damn, dude. <laughs> you got even Corey beat. Corey Ryan Forrester, senior Georgia correspondent. He started going bald at 19, I think. That's mm-hmm. all that raging testosterone you got. I don't know about him, but you, that's what it is. Clearly. Yeah. All that uh, all that man juice coursing through your brain. <laughs> Fucking just gave you the ultimate man head as early mm-hmm. as possible. You know? Mm-hmm. Yep okay anyway (laughs) all right anyway uh getting into it with us as always is producer matt this is weekly skews uh before we continue though i would like to remind you of course a couple items of business number one if you'd like to see me perform live you can go to dot com. got a lot of dates coming up uh next weekend i'll be in virginia maryland philly and a lot of other places after that we'll have a need to update the graphic again before too long because I'm going back to Appleton we just mentioned I'm going to Wisconsin in July uh, a lot of other places between now and then and after that so go to well re- or go to trey check it out get your tickets come and see me number two also in Trey Crowder news I've got a special available on Amazon right now called damn boy uh, it's it's great. You'll love it. I'm sure of it. So go to Amazon, check it out. Corey Forrester and Drew Morgan also have specials on there. You can get them all together as a package deal, the well-read comedy specials, or you can do it individually. It's up to you, but we hope you'll look into it. And then finally, number three, if you enjoy this program and would like to show your support, you can do so by signing up on Patreon. Go to com slash more. Sign up on there, $5 a month, get you access to full-length bonus episodes. We're doing another one later this week. We're having a lot of fun with it. we got plenty of them already up there in an archive, so you sign up, you get access to a whole bunch of bonus episodes you've never seen before. So you go to weeklyskews.com slash more, or go on Patreon and look me up. Check out the wares, sign up on there, get some more skews in your life. Now. As for the show tonight, another massive American bank has collapsed. Before you start weeping uncontrollably, this particular bank worked mostly with the big tech industry. For their part, Fox News wonders, is wokeism to blame? The answer will not surprise you because it's no, of course not, that's stupid. But one does wonder, what is the cause and is this a harbinger of things to come? Is 2008 back on the menu? We'll talk about all that a little later. But first, we begin, of course, with the Daily Dumbass. My graphic, please. Tonight's DD, anyone who would be opposed to the Tennessee Lieutenant Governor's brand new Give Head for Weed initiative. (laughs) If you haven't seen this, I hope you enjoy it. This is Tennessee Lieutenant Governor Randy McNally. For In an exclusive interview, McNally
1: described how he befriended the young man first on Facebook, then on Instagram. Among the posts, this close-up of the young man's backside. McNally responded with three red hearts and three on-fire <laughs> emojis, along with a comment, Finn, you can turn a rainy day into rainbows and sunshine. It's
2: just that, you know, I, I uh, you try to encourage people with posts and try to... Um, you know, help them uh, if I can.
1: Were you trying to help this young man in some sort of way?
2: Uh, Just basically trying to encourage him.
1: There was also this post where the man said he was, quote, not a whore, but a whore. (laughs) One is a slut, the other is a prostitute, adding, I'm the one that gets free weed for giving, then a reference to a sexual act. And it was liked (laughs) by Lieutenant Governor McNally. (laughs)
2: <laughs> you know, a lot of times on people's posts, you see the name and you see what they've written, and you just press the button that says like. So, so, so you
1: didn't read uh, that post?
2: I don't recall reading the part about the the uh, weed. I know that. Well, what about the prostitute? <laughs> Might have read that. He could have had. So yeah,
0: yeah, I like yeah that part was cool. Uh, the, the whole weed thing though. Oh my god, <laughs>
1: there's like a lot going on here. This is actually there's like a couple of really fascinating elements because like we could argue about it, but I I don't think he's gay. All right, so. I, kinda, I
0: kind of I kind of agree with you. If when I first saw it, I definitely thought that, and you know, as I said to you in our text there, and I was like, but I mean, you know, dude, three hearts and three fire emojis—that's pretty strong, uh, you know, expression of support for somebody's butthole picture. You couldn't right. say buttholes, just butt cheeks. But anyway, but like. uh, I kind of agree with you though. And like reading into it further and hearing what the twink himself, you know, the, you know, he's a twink, right? It's not offensive. He self identifies as a twink. twink. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What the twink himself describes the relationship. I kind of agrees. Like it's, he's being like a sweet old papaw to this guy, but he's doing it on thirst trap pictures. And it's like, but he's still backing these anti LGBT laws and stuff, which makes him an asshole either way. But it's like, I don't know. The whole thing is weird and hilarious to me.
1: (laughs) That's part of what I find fascinating about this story is like, first of all, shout out to the Tennessee Holler. They're a a, a progressive blog that broke this story. And they also also uh, want to do it.
0: Justin Canoe over there at the Tennessee Oilers, uh, been on the show before. We need to have him back yeah. on
1: in the near yeah. future. Yeah, we, we probably should have got him on for this. I just didn't think about it. My bad, Justin. Uh, so, uh, they also, are the ones that have done the drag pictures of Bill Lee. Um, but it's all, before you talk about what's fascinating, let's talk about who uh, ran Randy McNally is a little bit. He's a pharmacist by trade. He's Catholic, of course. He has a wife and two growing daughters. He's been in General Assembly since 1979, and he uh, became a lieutenant governor in 2017, I believe. So, now, reading this interview with the with the, with the guy who whose pictures he was liking, uh, who generally seems to like Natalie. But mm-hmm. while I was thinking about that. The context of all this has been that like Tennessee has introduced twenty six anti LGBTQ plus bills this year, the most in the country. Two have already passed. One criminalizing drag, another another one targeting gender affirming medical care for trans youth. Um, the drag bill, of course, got the most attention, but they have a bunch more more laws that are pending, and he supports all of them. Now, what this appears to be to me is a guy. We're, we're familiar with the archetype of someone who's publicly nice and then privately a monster.
0: Absolutely, especially if you're from the South, dude. I mean, that like it. I mean, that hell, they're they are legion. Man, that's like right. you see. You, you just hear what these people's like political opinions are or like in the case of these politicians, the laws they support or whatever might you might read a Facebook post that has to do with nothing but politics and you think like this person is a raging lunatic and an asshole who hates everybody or whatever. But like you just meet them at the grocery store or something and they're like the most saccharine sweet people you'll ever meet in your life. Like they're so Polite and like outwardly kind to pretty much everybody. And then they just like, it's like Jekyll and Hyde shit. It's wild. Mm-hmm. Um, and so,
1: McNally does seem to like, uh, the, the guy, uh, his name is Franklin McClure. Um, the guy's pictures he was liking. And I uh, just you get your vibe for this kid's personality. It seems, he seems a lot of fun. I love being naked. He said, zooming from the porch of his home in Charlotte, North Carolina, wearing nothing but a pink pair of briefs and a whole lot of jewelry and lip gloss. So, so that's why I didn't want to wear a shirt for this interview. Cause that shit is who I am. One day when I'm on the red carpet, I'm going to be naked girl. All right. So. <laughs> The the interviewer was trying to figure out how McNally knew him, and he thinks that he he did some community theater in a theater that McNally like attended shows at. So that's how he in did
0: Oak work. Ridge. I've uh, yeah. I, oh wait, I was gonna say I've done that theater, but it actually might be a different place. But I I may have uh, done comedy at that same theater. I wonder if McNally saw that show? Probably not. Anyway, go ahead.
1: Yeah, so the part is like he talks about like like where he lives in a, in a rural South or whatever. Um, he has no queer community, and that's part of why he's online, and that's why that's why he was happy that Randy was giving him attention. He's like, I'm so grateful to Randy. It's like a stamp of approval, you know, just to feel seen. Who doesn't want to feel that? Do, who doesn't want to feel seen? So you have a guy who privately is being supportive of someone who he likes, and publicly is trying to make this guy feel even more fucking alone that made him post the pictures online in the first place, right? And it. <sighs> Like McNally also likes some other pictures and he like, I watched some other interviews about gay marriage. And he talked about how like Supreme court legalized gay marriage, the law of the land. He knows gay couples. He thinks they're very nice. I was like, why can't you take the the thing, you know, which is that everyone, you know, who happens to be gay or trans or whatever, you like them, respect them human beings and also make laws that reflect that. And the answer is he thinks he'd lose elections. So he's pretending to be an asshole to win elections. Mm -hmm. And that's something that drove me fucking crazy. Um, and the part of the reason I didn't think like me now is up to anything, um, shady here is, uh, McClure said that he never DM'd him. He never asked him for nudes, never did anything other than public comment. Your picture of your butt looks great today. Have a great day. hold
0: on <laughs> Wait a minute. I thought he, I thought he did say that he DM'd him, but nothing salacious. He would just DM him and be like, Hey, are you doing all right? Or something like that. Just like the same types of comments. One in particular, like the thing I, I read said that, so, Uh, McClure, the young, the young man, the naked gentleman uh, in the interview he gave, he sort of like, he, you know, he defended Randy or whatever. He said, I'm grateful for him. I have compassion for him. What I wish he wouldn't do all that law shit he does, but he's been nice to me and I think he's a sweet guy or whatever. And then Randy DM'd him later that night when the interview came out or whatever, he DM'd him later and was like, Hey, I appreciate you keeping it real. He said, (laughs) he said, I appreciate your truthfulness. If you ever need anything, let me know. So like, you know, I don't know. They seem to have a pretty all right relationship <laughs> to me, the lieutenant governor yeah. and the twink. <laughs> yeah.
1: And also, like, oh, this part uh, resonated with me. He said he was raised in Knoxville in a church-going Republican household that he said didn't always support his sexuality. He came out in 2017, and, but forced himself to go back in the closet. And he said, I'm so grateful not to be a Christian anymore because of the stress of reading your Bible every day and that whole vibe. Now, I'm going to just memorize my Ariana Grande and my Doja Cat songs with the cuss words. I'm so happy, and I can post my butthole.
0: But, like, <laughs> a lot of upsides to it. I feel like, like there's so, probably some church going uh, people that still post their buttholes. You know what I mean? You just got to right. compartmentalize. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Butthole Saturday night church on Sunday morning. Everybody knows that. That's a key but, element of Southern living there. <laughs> the
1: thing is, like, what he's showing Randy is Christian grace, right. <laughs> he's showing yes. forgiveness and open mindedness. That's true. And so, uh, anyway, this is all fucking weird, and and so like the, his spokesman said something about like how you how dare you guys try to construe something nefarious and a guy just being supportive of a constituent. I'm like, I'm not actually, I'm not. We're just asking yeah. your boss to be act in public as nice as he is in private, and and then he this part depressed me. He said, "I'm really, really sorry." Like he apologized. I'm like, who are you apologizing to? Because it's not yeah, it's not Franklin. It's not the guy who you you dragged into the public eye who posts like nudes and stuff. Yeah. Although that although he, that the spotlight really hits for him, he says he's going he's going to um, move to uh, L.A. and become a male doja cat. So. <laughs> So, I hope to meet you out here, Franklin. But, uh, like, like, I guess you have to, I guess you probably, this is probably embarrassing to his wife. So, you apologize to your wife, but who But who? the, who the hell, who are you apologizing to? He's you apologizing
0: to all the fucking bigots in the base who, you know, right. he panders to with all the shit that he does publicly. Yeah, and that's that. We say this anytime something like this comes up. It's like, and I know at this point it goes without saying, but like, none of the, I wouldn't have a problem with literally any of this if <laughs> it wasn't for, you know, his policies and the shit that he votes for and helps to Institute or whatever, like just the Lieutenant governor, if the Lieutenant governor was a, like, you know, openly progressive in terms of LGBT stuff and like supportive of them and shit like that. I wouldn't, I would be like, yeah, well, you know, walking the walk, fucking, you know, support yeah. the twinks. It's fine. It wouldn't bother me a bit. It's just because of the, like, you know, a seemingly apparent hypocrisy of it, but usually it's, this dude, I mean, yeah, I'm with you. This is like, this is kind of a different case. Cause typically you see this type of thing. It does seem to be, uh, I don't know, more salacious or however yeah. you want to put it. Uh, than maybe, I think this is maybe he
1: has been closeted and self denying his whole life. And he sees this young guy expressing himself and living, living out loud. And he's like, I wish I could have been that guy. But either way, the South is, such a mysterious place, and I know it doesn't make sense to you guys who aren't from there, but to me, it perfectly tracks this church. Yeah. The guy goes to church every every Sunday, runs to office as of a Republican, talks like a dog, and likes butthole picks on the weekends. It <laughs> yeah. It's just the way it goes.
0: A tale is all this time, <laughs> buddy. Yeah. Uh, all right. Our, uh, our next and only honorable mention for Daily Dumbass is Bullied Kids for not realizing that actually they're the most popular ones. Let's see what Ron DeSantis is uh, telling himself here locker room gets you ready
1: for the press right because your teammates if they like you a lot they rip you all the time the way you know that people like like you is if they're making fun of you so you really have concluded the press really
0: likes you (laughs) because they're always ripping (laughs) you so like with your you know with your boys and shit yes that is true but it's for ron DeSantis like telling himself that about like everything else everybody else's opinion of him and everything is uh is is pretty funny to me i don't i don't think that's what most people are i don't think most people like i know when we go after him on here it's not because like i think he's such a swell guy he seems like a real bro let's rip him apart for an hour it's uh Uh, not my motivation
1: Fox News is doing everything they, they can to make Desantis popular, and it's just not working. This was part of an extended interview where him and Brian Kilmeade played catch with a. They, they put on baseball gloves and their suits and just played a really clumsy game of catch. Which Desantis <laughs> played college baseball, so it's mostly Kilmeade not being up a throw. But so it, it's like, but it's not working. You're still polling it like whatever, and like when Trump's not expressing affection for Desantis when he calls him like a short, sanctimonious creep, right? Right. So uh, yeah, I don't know what. That was just like, what the fuck, buddy? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Okay. All right. Let's get into it. So I told you before we started, and I'll just tell everybody else now. So we're talking about banks, one particular bank that, uh, that has failed and everything that's going on with that. And I told you before we started, like, I'm very openly not just money dumb, but also pretty, you know, bank dumb, finance dumb. A lot of this stuff, I get into it, and I just start like I, you know, not my eyes glazing over. I'm just like, I just start to feel lost. So, uh, you know, you have to help me understand yeah. this Mark. I saw, I was doing my Patreon videos where I like look at the news while commenting on it live or whatever. And I saw this happening and I just didn't even know. I was like, okay, so a bank failed. Well, boo hoo. I don't, you know, whatever. I don't really give a fuck. Well, I guess we'll just see if we bail them out. And then I saw something about Barney Frank, which I think will come up later. And, mm. uh, but anyway, yeah. So a bank failed in California, Silicon Valley Bank, Uh service yeah. tech industry. I'd, I'd never heard of it because I'm not in tech, but it's like the 16th, was the 16th biggest bank in the country. Did uh-huh. did business with most of like the big tech brands you've heard of. They said they bragged to have, they did business with like 50% of all venture capital projects in the country uh-huh. at any given time or something like that. So they were pretty big fucking deal up there in Northern California. <laughs> And now uh, they well, have fallen. Well, here's one thing to
1: you know is like three regional banks collapsed collapsed right, in the last couple of weeks. But only one of them you've heard about because the people involved in this one are the whiniest bunch of fucking psychopaths you've ever heard in your entire goddamn life. Okay. All right, so, so they have successfully annoyed the federal government into saving their asses. Um, so, yeah, but let's start with what did not cause this. If you watch this clip of Representative James Comer on Fox News real quick.
2: And then we see now
0: coming out that uh, they were one of the most woke banks in uh, their in their quest for uh the ESG type uh, type policy and investing, you know, this could be a trend. And there are right. consequences right. for bad Democratic. So the, they, they, they 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 these people, the government, anybody adjacent to the government, they love uh TLAs, three-letter acronyms, right? They love to ac acronize anything. But so like there's two that are gonna come up, right? It, D E I diversity
1: equity, what, inclusion,
0: equity and inclusion. And then ESG is environmental social and governance. It's like ethical go- investing. And yeah. right. And so it's like, but it's just, it's funny, like turn them into just these, like just letter, like the, Diversity, equity and inclusion sounds like something mm-hmm. to be hard to have a problem with, you know, but you can openly shit on it for being woke bullshit that's ruining America's economy or whatever. Much easier when you, you know, change it into this, uh, you know, scary, nebulous three letter yeah. acronym or whatever, because it's just it's a wild thing to openly shit on. It seems to me, but they've made oh. an entire uh, sport out of it.
1: I think everyone sort of knows this, but something is important to repeat: is that, like companies do stuff like start DEI boards and stuff and st- as a way to keep from doing actually anything meaningful. And of I course, take, like, yeah. So like nobody's right. actually doing anything here.
0: <laughs> no, it's <laughs> you know, just you know, like <laughs> when they make the fucking the the ads and stuff during the Super Bowl or during the pandemic mm-hmm. or whatever about like how much they care and all this shit. Or it's like I've always said: if they come, like if a company comes out and does something that seems like outwardly woke, you can bet that behind the scenes they've run some analysis that indicates that that is the more profitable tack for them to take in the climate that they operate in. Like it's not, they don't, none, none of them give a fuck about any of that. The only thing that matters to them is making money. But like there's a bunch of studies that show that more diversity makes you more money as a company, you know? So like there are reasons for them to do this stuff. That's just good old American capitalism at work. But it's demonized because the fucking woke right. mob and everything else. But yeah, it's all horse shit. Yeah. So Desantis
1: man, had the headline up there. Desantis said that blamed it on DEI stuff too, and he said that's why he was expressing the guys were saying that's why banks in Florida will be safe because they don't do woke shit. Which we'll see, yeah. buddy. Uh, uh, <laughs> Fox went all in on calling this. Some they use the actual use the phrase DEI ESG Marxism. All right. And right. by the way, it, I'm sure in, investing ethically is like theoretically possible i'm not sure exactly how you know in the end of the day you got to make money or your fund collapses and uh, mm-hmm. even if you're investing in stuff like lithium batteries lithium's mined from like doing coups in bolivia so i'm not sure like i your mileage may vary on that stuff but they, well, they the other thing
0: too about like like wh- like okay lithium batteries are like i don't know solar pa- like green energy and shit it's not like you can't make money on that stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, if that's going to be like the wave of the future, then getting in on it now is going to make you a shitload of money in the future. So it's like, it's just good business sense. Uh, You know, and you'd think of all people would understand that it's, I don't know. Right. So if you're wondering, like the part
1: of this, that might hold water, even though it's it's a meaningless concept at this point, it's not even worth like the the word means everything and nothing at the same time. But like, so what they, what part of this bank did, Was they had <clears throat> relationships with more than fifteen hundred companies that were working on technologies aimed at curbing global warming, like creating sol- solar hydrogen battery storage projects. But yeah, you're right. There's, it's because there's going to be money in it. The guy who figures out climate capture is going to be a fucking trillionaire. Um, but like, so, but f- this isn't what Fox is even talking about. Like, the, the, or the conservatives. Like, Wall Street Journal had an editorial yesterday. Let me read this to you because this is fucking mind blowing. In a proxy statement, SVB notes that besides 91% of their board being independent and 45% women, they also have one black, one LBGT, and two veterans. I'm not saying that, I'm quoting here, I want to make clear I'm not saying this. I'm not saying that 12 white men would have avoided this mess, but the company may have been distracted by diversity demands.
0: Now, because I don't even have 12, point. they had 10 or whatever. Right. Right, like, instead of like, because it's like this board isn't all white. I'm not saying an all white board would be good, but it seems like maybe their priorities are elsewhere. It's like why? Because they let one black dude in the room. The most right. woke bank in the country has one black dude on the board. Yeah, <laughs> like what the fuck? And it's not even That's like let me too read much. That's too much. That's too woke. Having one black guy and one gay person or queer that... person, whatever they identify, like uh, it's fucking ridiculous.
1: Talking about how the DEI stuff is spin, often like the, how the Wall Street Journal editorial board quoted their webpage talking about their diversity. Um, you know, ninety three one percent independent, forty five percent women, one black, one one gay person, and two veterans. Here's here's another way to slice the numbers: the way Vice did it. Ten of their eleven board directors or uh, ten of their eleven directors are white. All of them are rich, and the youngest is fifty three years old. Right. SPV's board, it should be noted, is less diverse than any of the United States'
0: top five banks. So, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, Sorry if I'm skipping ahead. We can elaborate on it later, but one of them is Barney Frank, right? Is isn't he? Isn't that the deal here? A different board, I think. Oh, okay. I thought it was this one. Well, either way, whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah. To so, besides the fact that woke doesn't mean anything in this context, SVP failed because they had an undiversified client portfolio, and there was a bank run from some of the most cutthroat anarcho can even say anarcho capitalist people. They called this. <laughs> Uh self-described psycho-right wing libertarians. Like that's who that's who caused this, and they did it on purpose. And then they're bring blame and wokeness. And then, by the way, there is a Republican critique that would be cogent that exists. I don't fully agree with it, but it would go like this. Um, the Biden administration was asleep at the regulatory wheel, which is kind of true, we'll get to that. And secondly, dumping a bunch of spending in the economy was bad, which I don't I disagree with. But, uh, but was inflationary which is somewhat true and trying to counter it by raising interest rates led led to this which is like sort of true but like who gives a fuck like who promised them a lifetime gravy train of easy billions right
0: Right. So, like uh <laughs> but so and i'm so- sorry if i'm because like i said this is all like uh i'm sort of all over the place with this i'm so sorry if i'm getting uh, ahead of you here but you said these anarcho capitalists caused this right and they and they knew really? they were doing it they like they just all decided to pull their money out of the bank at the same, it, like a, like a, like a domino effect. Right. Like it's like they, they, somebody pulls their money out and somebody's like, you hear people are pulling their money out of the bank. Well, what, why is it good? Things are bad there. Oh, I better pull my money out. And then, and then they just all do it. And now yeah. the bank is fucked. Right. But, but like, but why, what was the like inciting incident or the catalyst? Like what, right, why did so, they do that?
1: All right. So what happened was, let, let me uh, find it. So, Higher SVB was higher was really leveraged in like 10 year tra- uh, uh, treasury backed securities. When the Fed raised interest rates, it made those pay out less and be more expensive. All right. So they had, they, they were a little more cash poor. Also, their clients, because of higher interest rates, were having a harder time borrowing money. So they had to pull a lot of their cash out of the bank. So they were already getting short. Okay. So to make up the difference, the bank announced they were going to sell more shares. Right. And so that caused a panic with people thinking the bank were going was going broke when they actually weren't, but their panic made the bank actually go broke. Yeah. Okay. Right?
0: Yeah. And so that actually when, makes when, sense to me. You're good at this, Mark. All right. Low so mode.
1: so they got so they got squeezed in both ends and then they got then they got fucked in the middle. <laughs> all yeah. Right. So, but like when when Trey's talking about these guys decided it together, he's not even remotely exaggerating. It was literally a group chat. Silicon Valley's two hundred richest people are in the same group, tra- group chat, and they all decided at the same time to pull the money out of this bank, and that's where this gets really fucking funny, all right. Because the like the bad guys here, all right. First of all, Greg Becker was the fort with the CEO until he got fired last week or forced to resign, I guess. Uh, right before they announced the shortfall, he sold off almost thirteen thousand shares for a, a, for about three point six million, netting himself a co- tidy two point three million dollar uh, profit. Um, it was like two weeks before the bank failure, so the Feds are investigating that, right? Chuck right. Schumer said Congress is investigating that, um, and uh, this was just funny. The guy they appointed to replace him, his name's Tim Myopoulos. He today asked customers to please return some of their funds into the bank. We're doing great, guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another factor in this was uh, Sam Bankman, Bankman Freed and crypto. I couldn't really understand what that, but I guess some of their, a lot of their people, a lot of the people who were having to pull cash to the bank. We're having to do so because they were heavily leveraged in crypto, and lost a bunch of money in in free Freed shit. But the ringleader here is Peter Thiel. Now, Peter Thiel comes up on this show probably is more than anyone but Trump. All right, right. he's like the Forrest Grump, forest Grump of chaotic evil. He's fucking everywhere. Some something shitty happening is Peter Thiel standing there. So he was the one of the first movers here and because he's a leader in Silicon Valley. Everyone followed suit, and one of these guys. So. One guy who was in this fucking group chat, we all decided to do this, um, he talked about he, – he, he posted on Twitter a live TikTok of how the bank run went down. And I think he committed to a crime in the middle of it because he said that after they pulled their money and decreased the bank's stock price, he went and scooped some up because he knew it was still a solid investment. Right. <laughs> He fucking shorted this company basically, and then profited right. off, off destroying it. And but luckily, the way the, but, the bank, the sorry, go ahead.
0: Yeah. Well, he, end, I mean, he ended up getting fucked on that though, right? I mean, I still like he didn't know that what you're saying is still true, but that ended up it ended up being worthless at the end of the day, and he fucked himself over,
1: correct? Right. He lost he lost all his money on that deal because the way the government stood doing the bail. I'm going to put bail out in air quotes because you argue about whether or not to bail out.
0: Yeah. Well, that that better. whole thing. So like Mark's talking about, there's this this dude who was involved in all this, he's a tech bro, whatever. And he posted this whole like breakdown. This is exactly hour by hour, how this all went down. And it's like, you, you read through it and and it's like, I don't know. He's, he's just saying like, yeah, everybody was saying, Oh shit's going on. We better get our money out. So I immediately started pulling all of our money out, you know? And then towards the end of it, he's like, it's just kind of a shame this happened, but what are you going to do? You know what I mean? And it's, and it's like, but you like that, Y'all did it like you were, you know, actively participating in all that. And then, yes, in the middle of it, he's like, when the bank bottomed out, I scooped up some of their shares because, hey, that's just what you do. And it's just like it's just uh, taken for granted that these kind of inherently shady and self-interested moves that people make in the name of profit. You know, it's just like that's Mm -hmm. just the philosophy. Like, that's just what you do. And that's accepted. And he's like, yeah, any smart businessman would do the same thing. And it's like uh, it's just kind of a bummer that that's how their brains work. And that's how the blow, system works.
1: When there's blood in the streets by property, buddy. Um, so yeah. <laughs> another v, another VC dude had actually got a good take on this. He's like, I'm looking forward to the tweets from the venture capitalists who sparked this bank run congratulating themselves on their prescience. Like he's saying, like they they right. said Oh my God! There's going to be a bank run. They did a bank run. They go, ha ha! I was right. There was a bank run. I was like, you're the right. fucking one who did it. You decided yeah. to do it, and so they, but they weren't just using their platforms. Like they weren't just didn't just draw their money out. They publicly announced everyone should get their money out, and then they also and guys are trying to get the feds to do something. They tried to they, these guys have huge social media funds among particular types of pe- as followings among uh, particular types of people. They were trying to spark other runs and other community banks to try to make the Fed act, make right? the FDSE act. Sorry. So, like, they were trying to manifest a worldwide global economic collapse so the federal government would step in and save their investments. Mm-hmm. It's one of the most evil fucking things <laughs> I've ever seen in my entire life. It's incredibly maddening. And, like, they, they were so shameless about it. They spent all weekend begging on the the tw- uh, and uh, on on the, uh, on Twitter for the federal government to do something. And, like, Jason Kalanakis, who's, like uh, – a uh, big time investor was like, you should get all caps. You should absolutely be terrified right now. That is the proper reaction to bank running contagion. President and secretary Yellen must get on TV tomorrow and guarantee all deposits up to $10 million or this was following the chaos. So these idiots had Man. all their money in checking accounts. They're only insured up to 200, $250,000. And they went by to the FDIC government- you mean? Yeah, yeah. So th- Okay, cuz
0: like, I was about to say it's like I got to say like I thought the whole point of the FDIC was to protect like, you know, if like cuz it started cuz all the bank robberies, right? So a bank would get robbed and now some fucking farmer has no more money cuz the bank's like, yeah, Jesse James and the boys took it. What am, what are you going to do? And the FDIC was formed to like keep that from happening. So like the bank gets fucked but the but the person gets their money back, right? Which like that I mean, I'm all for that. But like right it shouldn't be exploited by these people, right? So there's a, there's a limit on how much it's insured for or whatever. Cause I don't want to get into like, you know, I don't know. I think generally speaking, the idea of the FDIC and how it's supposed to work is probably a good thing. Cause you know, right. fucking one, one of my banks fucking goes under,
1: uh, Oh, I don't have any problem with, I actually like the way the, the way they did this bailout where like the, uh, the investors and shareholders are wiped out, but the account holders are made whole. That actually makes right. yes. sense to me. I'm not against this okay. the policy. Yes, just, that,
0: that's the way it should be right there, in my right. opinion. Yeah, if but you make also, an investment as a shareholder in some big entity, like a bank or whatever, and it fucking goes under, you shouldn't just get your – it's like, well, that isn't fair. It wasn't supposed to right. go under. It was supposed to be good, and I was supposed to make a bunch of money, but it was bad, and now I have no money. Somebody needs to give me all that money. It's like, no, fuck, you play the game, you know. You fucking buy the ticket, take the ride, or whatever. But yeah, but like just pe- money in people's accounts and whatnot. Uh-huh. But you be and I protected but, but, or whatever. But
1: you and I are left wing, right? right? What you're summing up as sort of a left wing idea. Well, the the, the the world shouldn't be so random and cruel. These guys love it random and cruel. Yeah, like they 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 literally advocate for the world to be more random and cruel. And then the whole premise upon their extreme form of capitalism is that you make a bad bet, you get wiped out. I remember right. you know, a few years ago, Floyd Mayweather Instagrammed a picture of a, of a ATM receipt and he had 80 million dollars in his fucking personal checking account. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's stupid. This guy's gonna get wiped out if the bank goes under. And like, I was like, who else could be that dumb? And you have these these guys had hundreds of millions of dollars in cash just sitting in checking accounts. That's a that's a kind of mistake that's supposed to fucking wipe you out in their world. Right. Right? <laughs> these are the same people that charge us late banking fees for missing a payment. They're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. So I, one of the biggest assholes here is David Sachs, who's a big-time uh, uh, Silicon Valley dude. He spends his whole time, life tweeting that tech can fix the world if government just got out of the way. And this this happened. He, I mean, when I say cried, I mean cried all weekend on Twitter. I mean, like, then today he tweeted denying he was ever a libertarian when he's called himself a libertarian for a decade. But this isn't my observation. Someone else made this joke, but there's, there's no atheists in foxholes, no libertarians in a bank run. But, like, mm-hmm. all this is just, like, this is all so stupid, and one of the reasons this was really concerning to me and while I was paying close attention to it is my employer, who I do want, don't want to name, their employer is one of these tech companies that had hundreds of millions of dollars sitting on these checking accounts. I was like, am I going to lose my job and get evicted because these motherfuckers got, t- got took by a, by a bank that was stupid? Right, you know, like like none of this makes any sense. But like, we're we're all subject to like the vagaries of random shit that happens in the world that costs us our entire life savings and shit. And they're yeah. not
0: right because <laughs> they're too it, big to fail or whatever. Right.
1: Yeah, and like I I am not saying that they shouldn't be protected. I'm saying why aren't we all this fucking protected? And that's the part that drives me crazy. And but the political fight over this is going to be real stupid. Um, because like. Ha- Okay, so Dodd Frank would have stopped this because part of what happened here is this bank was only worth fifty billion dollars. It had a fifty billion dollars in assets a couple of years ago. Dodd Frank used to regulate banks that are fifty billion differently than banks uh, than, than banks bigger than that. Dodd Frank raised that cap to two hundred fifty billion. so They immediately grew to two hundred fifty billion. They were intensely trying to be on the less but under on the less regulated side. Dodd Frank was put into place after the two thousand eight financial collapse. Obama Obama signed a law, I think two thousand ten. All right. Here's Trump taking credit for loosing these regulations in 2018.
0: ...we've done, but we've kept yet another promise as I signed the Economic Growth Regulatory Relief and Consumer Protection Act into law. It's a big deal. It's a big deal for our country. This is truly a great day for America and a great day for American workers and small businesses all throughout the nation. Yeah. The legislation I'm signing today rolls you can back cut it, to crippling nah. Dodd-Frank regulation.
1: It was so, yeah, so uh it was a victory for workers. Do you remember the day we celebrated when Dodd-Frank fell? Trey? Right. We all fucking raised a yeah. beer. Uh so Dodd-Frank is one of the career legislative achievements for Barney Frank, who was a, a congressman from Massachusetts who was the guy that Trump used to make fun of his nipples. Yeah. Remember that? <laughs> so he's a Democrat from Massachusetts. So, uh he now sits on the board of signature bank, which just collapsed mm-hmm. because of the removal of Dodd-Frank. He had advocated for uh, undoing his own bill after he got on the bank board. So right. Or called him up and asked how he felt about it. And he declined comment.
0: Yeah. That's the uh, thing. That's kind of like he, his name was on the bill to, to regulate banks. And then he got on a bank board and he's like, we should stop regulating banks. And now his bank has collapsed. It's another thing. Like right. I, I know I saw in here somewhere like DeSantis, like, uh, They're gonna so they're gonna blame Biden. Uh, This happened on Biden's watch. You see what happens when Biden's in control? This happens, right? And it's like maybe they are they asleep at the wheel? They should be doing more or whatever, I guess, but I don't want to hear it from these motherfuckers because they want zero regulations at all. Like I saw the, one of the interviews with DeSantis where he's saying that he's like, you know, we got all these, we got all these crazy big government regulations, but yet this still happens. And it's like, well, what is your argument? Cause you want to get rid of all of them. Are you arguing that this wouldn't happen if there were none? Like the argument should be, we need to actually enforce the fucking things. Right. But you, you want to get rid of all of them, but still you're, it's just talking out both sides of your mouth and trying to have it both ways. And that's what, that's how they're going to play the whole thing. Cause that's how they play everything.
1: Yeah. I mean, regulations, like, like we've tried lot, pure conservative economics, a bunch of times. This is what happens. This isn't the, this is the fault of like regulations. This is the, I mean, it might be the fault of the design of regulations. Like you, you can, you can have like, like loopholes and accidents, but like unrestrained capitalism looks like 1929. We're jumping out of, building, uh, out of windows because they lost all their money. Like, and that's when, that's back when you could have child slaves and make people eat asbestos for lunch for cheaper. And it's still, yeah. So, but yeah, but this isn't like, this is part of the thing is like, so Republicans get in office, they remove all regulations. Then Democrats get in office and maybe put like a few of them back. There's like a ratcheting effect where things get more and more out of control. And like, to to, to, the Dems end of this, it's not just Barney Frank lobbying to undo his own best bill it's like biden's been president for two and a half years and they haven't done anything to try to reinstate dodd frank mm-hmm. and like also the part as far as the being asleep at the regulatory we all brought it up earlier but so beginning of last week the chair of the fdic his name is martin grunberg he gave a speech warning that this was about to happen but they didn't seize the bank till after it happened on friday like if this had been in 2008 when obama was first in there they took they took over fucking banks immediately they took over a ton of banks now i know Biden's afraid to be, if they'd taken over the bank, Biden would have been called a communist by these same assholes who are begging him for a bailout. But, like, so what? I I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just, so anyway, yeah, it's, I'm not laying this at Biden's feet. I'm I'm laying this at, like, this is the whole party's entrenched ideology to not really try that hard to do too much, although I should be seen as radical.
0: Right. Uh, Well, that's um, the thing. It's like, even our, like, left wing party in this country is still like super capitalistic and pro big business at the end of the day, like way more than I would like to see, you know what I mean? Like they're like, but still it's not, not like the fucking, not the Republicans who would, you know, strip all the regulations away. But yeah, I mean, it should, I'd, uh, I'd tighten the belt way, way more uh, if it was up to me, but nobody wants to do that in charge. Apparently
1: I'm just, so sick of living in this cycle where we have a huge economic downturn because of banking shit every 8 or 9 years and i don't know if this is going uh-huh. to expand but like but like today moody's did downgrade all of our six biggest banks the credit rating so i don't know what that means or whether it's going to have any effect but like they're not optimistic and like this is just like you got to use this joe biden if you're watching <laughs> you got to use this crisis to rejigger the system or it's going to happen again, again, and again, and again, and again, this is like, a, this is like the fifth one of these I've lived through I'm not that fucking old. And yeah. I, I this is, this is getting so repetitive and stupid. Um, so you're going to hear a lot of time moral hazards and all this. So just so everyone knows, knows what it has. has nothing to do with morality. It's like, if you don't let people experience the consequences of their actions, they are more likely to take bigger risks. Like if you, if you bail out this bank, if they, if it actually made the shareholders whole, the bank would have had no incentive to not take bigger, riskier bets. All right, right, which is probably true. Um, so it's good that they're not getting—they're not getting their, uh, you know, their investment back. Or that fucking asshole who caused the bank run, then bought shares in the bank, would have made a hefty sum off of it. Um, but it's worth noting that all these same fucking ghouls who got bailed out were very public in their opposition to student loan forgiveness because of—you call it moral hazards. All right, mm-hmm. and so, like, let me talk about this. Larry Summers, who's a tre- who worked as an economist, who worked at both the Clinton and Obama administrations, was tweeting up a storm all weekend, I'm quoting here, advocating for a complete bailout of Silicon Valley Bank. And he said, uh, Summers doesn't want to hear any moral hazard lectures, as he puts it, about the risks. But a couple months ago, former Harvard University President and Treasury Secretary Larry Summers took to Twitter Monday to say that student yeah. debt relief could have negative effects on inflation and lead to moral hazards. Um the inflation part of this is fucking maddening because the Fed this is what the Fed wanted to happen. They wanted interest rates to directly lead to there being less money in the economy. And then they did it and they immediately had to bail out this bank because they, they, they were in, they, they were they had the potential to make a bunch of people immediately unemployed, but these were the wrong people. This wasn't right. the people they wanted to make unemployed. So this is like, it's just that like, right. they got to find another fucking target. It's just like, we did our whole episode last week talking about, they're about to get rid of snap, their dial back snap benefits, and all mm. these other federal welfare programs, but like they're willing to spend to help this group of people. Again, this isn't about them. Not <laughs> me, not wanting them to be protected, made whole. It's like, what ha- What about the fucking rest of us? Oh, right. uh, Jesus Christ. Um, so you're going to have a big battle. Fight. You're going to see a bunch of fighting about whether or not this is a bailout. And part of that, because of the psychology of this stuff, and I wanted to talk about this because I found some interesting social science research about student let, student loan forgiveness the other day. Um, so this woman is the headline you just head up at. You can put it back up if you want. This is this article on Slate where this woman talked about something called the public goods game. Basically, it's like people get really upset about being played for a sucker. All right. And the way they demonstrated this in this game is like um, it's just sort of like a game theory type thing. We have two people who can't see each other. They can pass a note back and forth. And the first person has ten dollars. And they have to like make the person an offer for how much they get. And if the person accepts it, they both get get to keep the amount of their, their chunk of that ten dollars. If the person rejects it, neither of them get anything. And the basic rule of thumb is: if you say you keep six and they get four, most people will take that deal. This is four free dollars, mind you. They're getting for nothing mm-hmm. but writing on, on a piece of paper. But if you push it to seven to three, they're gonna say, fuck you, neither of us get anything.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And it's just like, that's a really, those are well, really everybody involved knows all the rules of the game right. and they know the other yeah. person has $10. Uh-huh. Yeah. Dude, I'm not going to lie. I probably would, would also do that. I, <laughs> if I knew all that. Some motherfucker was like, I'll give you three of them. I'll be like, you know what? Fuck that. Right. <laughs> I thinking, that. That's all I'm worth. Well, how about we both get nothing? Are you happy now? Motherfucker. Yeah. Like, uh, I would, I definitely would be one of those subjects in the yeah. in the anyway game. when when, uh, when Biden,
1: I don't know if it been a platform for it to matter, but when Biden talks about student loan forgiveness, he should probably talk in terms of what do we do for everyone as opposed to helping these particular group of people because people who aren't getting it get really mad. They they feel like they're subsidizing somebody else getting something for free. But yeah, it was like I remember in college we had a, we had a, I took this like morality and philosophy class. Uh, it, I forget the name of the class it doesn't matter, but the whole the whole like midterm exam was the class had to get together and negotiate if we all agreed to col- collaborate we would all get b pluses right but if two people c- tricked the class into agreeing to cooperate and they didn't cooperate they would get a pluses and we would get b minuses and mm-hmm. so on down unless everyone tried to be selfish and then we'd all fail right so yeah. I actually got taken for a sucker. We all agreed to cooperate and three people were assholes and they got A's. And I was yeah. like, <laughs> so I got a I got a, I got like a C plus or B minus or whatever. And it was like a very good lesson in there. But the lesson I took away from it was like I'm just gonna try to do the right thing anyway because they like it, somebody's always gonna be assholes gonna yeah. get over on you. Better.
0: Well, for uh, the record, also, if I was the one giving the money, if I was the one deciding the chunk of the ten dollars, I would do five and five every time. Right. That's what me I would too. Do. I, you too. I guarantee to like, get five. Like, okay, I'll five. You get five. I get five. That's the fairest thing. Like, just so everybody knows, which I think is why, if somebody tried to give me two or three, I'd be like, "What the fuck, bro!" Uh, right. But I, also, I just want to say because I would do that, but when it comes to the people that are like, "I had to pay my student loans," now they don't get to, That ain't right. Like, I still. Think that's bullshit. And uh because I I did that. I had student loans, I paid them off. I still want people to have their student loans forgiven. So um, same here. Just Um, covering all my bases here, I guess.
1: But because the because what what kind of world is it where like somebody got a master's degree to be a social worker can't get their student loan debtness forgiven, but some guy who's trying to make an app to make a drone that walks dogs (laughs) loses fifty million dollars because he mismanages money and he gets made whole. Right? It's right. like it doesn't make any sort of sense to me. Um, so okay, but back to the moral hazards thing is here is like part of the read the logic of these dudes, why they get to be super wealthy is because they've taken big risks. Right? <laughs> and so and, and they didn't fuck up. But these the people who lost their money here, I'm talking about the depositors, did fuck up because this bank made them sign an exclusive contract to only bank with them so they couldn't diversify their accounts. That is a huge business fuck up. The market's mm-hmm. just punishing them for being stupid. And <laughs> That's what drives me crazy about like all the like teeth gnashing about like uh, firms going under who didn't do anything wrong. That happens every day. Like try to talk to somebody trying to open a restaurant, right? Right. Like I like I feel bad for people that work at Uber who just did coding and were going to lose their job if they're, like and their futures if the company to let them all uh, let them go when they didn't do anything except work for a company that had their money in a bank. But like, what about the people that paid six figures for six figures for a taxi medallion in, like two thousand eight in New York? Not knowing that Uber was coming. They didn't do anything wrong. They just right. got fucked. Yeah. And so, where's their safety net? Uber's getting bailed out, but not all the people they, they, and like, and that's one of the things like these guys seem to be utterly shocked that no one felt sympathy for them. It's like, whose industries did you think you were disrupting? You know, like, right. it's, so yeah. Uh, like, we've ranted a lot about capitalism, just to wrap this up real, real quick. And it's like, it's not just because I, it's not because I think that like some other economic system would be perfect. I ranted about capitalism because that's the system we live under. Every system's going to have like systems crush individuals it's what they do. The reason you have like an overseeing authority is to try to ameliorate the consequences of that. Like if a, if a zebra breaks his leg, it's not his fault, but he's still going to get eaten by the lion. Evolution's not fair, but we right. can make the world more fair. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so
0: well yeah. and also it's like you said all the people that like want it to be like you said they love it. They they espouse all this all the time. Like that's the beauty of the system is that it is, you know, unfair and you got to know how to play the rules and you know if you get burned fuck you and they they like all talk all that game but then when it happens to them they're fucking hat in hand where's the government now bullshit it's just it's just like with mcnally earlier in the you know none of it would be a problem if it wasn't for the hypocrisy if they actually like were principled in their mm-hmm. sociopathy, sociopathy, however, then it might be a different story, but, uh, they're just not, it's all, you know, for the, not for me shit in this country. And uh-huh. that's what pisses me off. But, uh, Matt, if you want to throw up a couple comments up there, uh, before we get out of here, but, um, yeah, yeah. I, my wife,
1: know. uh, my wife has a friend tried to be too specific here, but she, uh, she opened a fitness studio uh, Took out a bunch of business loans to do it. And her grand opening happened to be February of 2020.
0: Yeah, um, I know. When you said that about restaurants earlier, I almost brought up COVID. I was like, you know what I mean? People got fucked so hard, irreparably right. hard by COVID. And it's just like, you know, I mean, that just sucks. Like, <laughs> like. Nobody nobody knew that shit was gonna happen. Um remember remember Tiger King when uh the tiger bites the
1: yeah. b- bites the employee's leg off and Joe, Joe's yeah. like, I'll never financially recover. Never from, gonna this. Financially
0: <laughs> from this. Yeah. Edge fans uh, says opening a small business is the biggest risk you can take.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: And we celebrate that in this country. And I'm not saying we should. I mean, we should, you know, like uh, real businesses. I don't know about the fucking Drone dog walking apps and stuff, but that's like that's the story here. It's all those people, you know, it's like everything is like vaporware and shit now, like things just aren't real anymore, you know what I mean? Like, if if you're like, I went to a cobbler last week, you know what I'm saying? And that dude, he's got like a craft and he does a good job and it's a service and all that. And it's like, that's how everything used to be, but Mm -hmm. now it uh, so much stuff is like just money for like what even is it you know what i mean people have millions and millions of dollars and i have no idea for what a- or how or what they do for the world or any of that shit you know
1: like before we read this comment let me like uh, so one of these people one of these people ran one of these startups is a woman and she was like try to tell her personal talent I do feel sorry for her because like she apparently put all she did with hell she had into this company and she's like i my husband works at Jordan we're not wealthy i drive a honda Odyssey. I got two kids in public school i'm like yeah, I, I, I don't want you to suffer, lady. I get that. But look, someone looked up what her company does. It's an app that gives you, that makes you bespoke to do lists using AI for six dollars a month. <laughs> Twelve dollar
0: day for, write my- Come on, dog. Really? <laughs> Sorry. I guess I feel bad for her too. But like, I mean, that's such a perfect example of exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, Diane L. Burnt says. It's just like cancel culture. They can ban books and all that, and that's okay. But try to take something away from them, and all of a sudden they're getting canceled. Yeah, I mean, it's no, like one, so no one's even really trying to t- Yeah,
1: no one's even trying to take anything. It's like, hey, man, you shouldn't say that. That's mean. It's like I'm being put in prison.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then they just keep saying it all anyway, and everything, yeah. and it's like, you know, yeah. Right. Cancel culture is bullshit. Uh, so you guys know if you're planning. Trips to Southern California soon. Be prepared for it to be green, which is very weird. It's green right now. Uh, so make a wish. You watch
1: right. the. I hope in there. Well, the perverse thing about this is play make wildfire season worse because there'll be more roughage to dry. Oh so that, shit! I
0: didn't even think about that. God damn it, Mark. Anyway, all right. Uh, <laughs> oh, thank you. Yes, Michelle getting in just under the wire. Michelle Brierton says hit the like button. Yeah, please make sure and hit the like button. Tell your friends, write and review, share, subscribe to the channel. All that good internet stuff. We sure would appreciate it. Um so yeah, that you go to TreyCrowder.com. My there's a link for my special on there, and there's a link for all the tick tickets to all the shows I'm doing in the near future. TreyCrowder.com, my name. You get it. Then uh you also can go to Patreon and search for my name, or you can go to weekly skews.com/slash more. Sign up on the Patreon and get a bunch of bonus SKUs episodes. Like I said, you sign up now, you get access to the archive. I don't even know how many we've done, but it's a lot. And we're doing another one this week. So keeping that going, you support the show and get some more SKUs in the process. We'd appreciate it. But the main thing, keep coming back every SKUs day. You will and we will too. We'll see y'all in seven days. See you, love you, bye.